Hey, just a warning, while Fuller House is a family show, the Fullest House podcast is not. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the Fullest House podcast, where we get knocked down, but we get up again. I'm Mark Green. I'm Harrison Bloom. And I'm Zach Horowitz. (laughs) Nothing ever going to bring us down. Oh, yeah. It's It's a lot going on in this episode. It's a constant uphill fight. The constant uphill fight that Steph was facing in this episode. You know it's going to be a good episode when we come right out of the gate quoting Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. Oh, yeah. Listen, (laughs) I think personally that's how all good podcast episodes start is by quoting a great, you know, one-hit wonder. You have to say the name. The funniest part about it is the oh, name. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't want to repeat, because you had just said Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, and it's it, true. It's very fun to say. I mean, I just said Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, and I'm going to try and say Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba as many times as I can in this sentence. That's what I thought. I thought we should say Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba as many times as we can during this episode, because this episode of Fuller House does feature... Tub thumping by Chumbawamba. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We will talk about tub thumping by Chumbawamba later. Yes. But I just figured we should get that right out of the gate uh, because we got knocked down, but we got up again. Ain't nothing going to keep us down. Ain't nothing going to keep us down. Because where this episode really starts is out in the streets. Hell yeah. With DJ. Yeah. Picking up a street smoothie from Freddy, who is not having any of DJ's shit. Yeah, this dude, this poor dude. She's probably a regular, and he just puts up with her every day, talking about her Zumba class, and how she's either high or having an affair with the teacher or something. I think she also said it was a 6 a.m. Zumba class. So, like, I just gotta assume he's also tired and doesn't want to be there to begin Mm -hmm. with. And then this crazy lady comes up to him. She really has optimized her schedule. She's the woman who wakes up at 5.30 to go to a 6 a.m. Zumba class. Here's the other thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have seen smoothie carts on the street. Yeah. But I feel like they're usually bigger than what we see in the show. So I'm like, where's he keeping the smoothie stuff? That's true. You need a lot of fruit for a smoothie. It's a magic smoothie cart. It's a ma- <laughs> oh my! That opens up so many holes. <laughs> I'm like, why isn't the episode about this now? Look, Mark, we've kind of been slacking a little bit with our spinoffs lately, I think. Yeah. You know, I, do you agree? Sure. I think we've gone a couple episodes without saying one. I'm suggesting Magical Smoothie Cart. Yes. I have a question for you. I have a question. I have a contribution yes. to make. Yes. Uh, you make we'll your contribution and then I'll... Oh, okay, I'll, I'll start. Yeah, go ahead, um, go ahead. Is it a cart that A, magically produces smoothies, mm-hmm. B has magic storage capacity where there are just a bunch of smoothies inside the cart and he can just reach in and he'll never run out of supply. Or C, is the cart itself a portal to a magical land possibly themed around smoothies? I had a similar thought. My my theory is he's like, he's a time lord and it's like a, the TARDIS and there's a whole factory for smoothies inside mm. and he's like the Willy Wonka exactly. it's bigger on of the inside. this smoothie factory. I was wondering if the cart was one of the few mythical portals to the land of Narnia. Ah, the smoothie country mm. in, in Narnia ruled by the Strawberry King. I want to climb into a smoothie cart and go on a magical adventure. Who's the king of the smoothie land in Narnia? Is it like the, the strawberry Freddy. banana king? Or, or is it Freddy? Freddy, the keeper of no, dimensions. No, no. <laughs> they, 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 they all have just English children's names. <laughs> no, not fun names. The strawberry banana king, Jim. <laughs> uh, contrary to, of course, the banana strawberry king, Bob. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Freddy is not having DJ's shit, which is good because just, the Uber shows up. I just, I just, oh, we'll move on in a second. I just realized Smoothie King is a franchise that sells smoothies. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Uh, but anyways, but Harrison, you were saying. So as I was saying, Freddy is not having DJ's shit, and uh, which is good timing because the Uber shows up. 
And uh, she gets in the Uber. And what do you know? It's Steph in disguise. Whoa, 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 I was watching it pretty closely. I think the woman driving that Uber was a woman named Ilsa. Yeah, Harrison, are you saying that that Uber driver, Ilsa, is actually Stefan oh, Tanner? I'm sorry, I'm confusing Tannen with my fan theory. Yeah, I, I have theorized that Stephanie, uh, because she's a mess, uh, didn't want DJ to know that she's an Uber driver. So she put on sunglasses and a hat and started claiming Listen, she was I mean, Ilsa. Yeah, sure. Maybe Ilsa and Stephanie look a lot alike. Maybe they're played by the same actress. But I don't know. I think they might just be like two different people. It's like uh, it's like the parent trap. Or Hamilton. Yeah, Harrison. Or the it's princess, like the princess switch. switch. Or the princess switch. <laughs> but, yes. Starring that, Vanessa the, Hudgens. The princess switch is a favorite of ours. Yeah. That's, mentioning it just makes us giggle. That's not really <laughs> for you guys. That's for us. I mean... <laughs> It's also on Netflix. No, I know, no, the Princess Switch is for everybody, but us referencing it—that's that's for our enjoyment. It's it's a fun time. I I had a different joke that I was gonna say, but we've kind of moved away from it. I was gonna say, yeah, maybe your Ilsa and Stephanie are the same person theories are gonna fly on the Fuller House fan theory boards. But not here in the fullest house podcast. Hey, it got 30 likes on Tumblr, okay? Got 30 upvotes. That's impressive by Tumblr standards today. Harrison, the Is Fernando a Libertarian thread has over a million likes. <laughs> Which I, begs I, the is, question. Yeah. Is Fernando a Libertarian? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This episode, we're getting political. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of Fernando, uh, this is unfortunately the episode where he tells everyone he's going to have to leave. You know, he bought the house next door and he's going to be moving in. And, you know, he knows everyone's going to be so sad at his departure, you know, because we all everyone just loves Fernando. Mm -hmm. He wants everybody to be sad. I did have more questions about Steph's Uber ride. Such as? Such as? She's using DJ's car. Does she make DJ pay for the Uber? It's also an Uber pool. And DJ, I guess, came in not knowing it was an Uber pool, which, like, yeah. you have to specifically request for that, I think. Yeah. Maybe DJ's bad with her phone. That's true. I also just wanted to point out, this is another case of our long-running thread of Steph is a mess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally, the continuation of the Steph is a mess story that we haven't seen in a while here at Fullest House. We were missing it. We were missing it. I don't think we realized just how much we were missing it until it finally came back. Sad Boy Steph is so great. Yeah, we were watching this episode and we were constantly thinking, yeah, we missed Sad Boy Stephanie. It's been a while. She's had it two together. But I was going to say, I don't think we noticed or minded so much because I think what replaced Steph as a mess in terms of her defining character trait is... Her relationship with Jimmy Gibbler. Yes. Because com comparably. Yeah. Well, actually, Jimmy has it pretty pretty well together when you think about it. I mean, he chooses to live in an RV, but other than that, like he's pretty He's got it. <laughs> I feel like he does, but at the same time, yeah. he doesn't. Have I was it about together. to say, Jimmy has no right to have his life as together as he has it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's just this goofball idiot living in a van, and he's like, oh, I guess he, and you're like, oh, I guess he's this unemployed loser who drifts around. It's like, no, he's a famous photographer. Yeah. Or I don't know if he's famous, but he's like, he's. <laughs> he is famous. He was on the cover of National Geographic, or at least his pictures were. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like, he's. He, he he should be just this fuck up, but he's a successful photographer, the best guy. The best yeah. emotional support himbo. The best emotional support himbo. Bring him on your plane. They will completely understand. Um, I But Steph is a mess lying to her family and the world at large about driving an Uber. They yeah. really they really stretch to make that joke work because like you have to have your name displayed on Uber. Yeah. Steph says, oh, Steph was getting, like, zero stars, but Ilsa gets five stars. <laughs> but it's, like, it's weird that they had to retroactively have it be, like, no, Steph was driving an Uber, but she made a second account because her first account wasn't succeeding. Just so they could have the Steph lies to DJ about not driving an Uber <laughs> joke. 
Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. your name is displayed on Uber. Anyway, that's my piece on Steph is driving an Uber. You're right. Fernando is leaving. He's very sad. He assumes everybody else is also very sad. Honestly, they should be. They, and they are. They're just not showing it. They're not showing. It's internalized. That's yeah. true. They're all doing a very good job at keeping themselves together. I mean, yeah, really, I guess, I don't know. Does Steph really even need DJ's help? I think she's got a good job keeping it together, at least around Fernando. I guess so. She has a good job keeping it together, but um, uh, everybody else has a lot going on, too. I mean, Max is trying to get swole for his girlfriend. Yeah. He's bringing this this strong alpha energy this episode, and it is not working. Nope. (laughs) The virgin Max versus the Chad Tommy laughing at him at his push-up form. (laughs) Yeah, Tommy's just kind of sitting there. Tommy laughing at Max, peeing all over him and his <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> hey, he peed in the water like a respectable baby. Not on Max. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, your wording there was not great. <laughs> my wording was... I'd argue that my wording was pretty great because it was specific for comedic effect. <laughs> it was great. And true. Just... Later, it's, Tommy it's, does pee on them in the pool, but... <laughs> we're trying to be a little more freeform this episode. Just have fun with it. Hell yeah. yeah. And, you know, they're having a good time. Max comes down and says he's going to have a pool party with his beloved Rose. And J-Money comes down and is all like, Hey, Mom, I can't go to summer school today because I got lice. <laughs> but he doesn't have lice. What does he have, Zach? He's got... Rice. <laughs> Whoa! I was as it was happening. I was going to say, "Are is there rice in his hair?" But I switched to raisins because I thought raisins would be funnier. That would be funnier. Just these black crumbs falling out of don't his look hair. Like, <laughs> they don't look like lice. Jay Money. These are raisins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't that what lice look like? <laughs> black and shriveled up. <laughs> very large and very noticeable. Very large. <laughs> That's to be fair, he does put in a lot of rice. Yeah, Yeah. he did an impressive job hiding it. And I really appreciated once DJ says, Che Money, this isn't head lice, this is head rice. Got him, got him. Ramona Ramona says, Told you, you should have gone with the couscous, which is very good. And Ramona's remains the only character who could be on a better show. Other than maybe Jimmy. It was really, we're going to talk about this more later on, but like this, it's really pronounced in this episode. She was killing it with the jokes. Every episode Ramona is in, she is uh, quietly but surely the MVP of (laughs) the episode. Yeah, I feel like Ramona has more of a side character role this episode, but like every time she's on screen, she's just killing it. She just kills it with the comedic timing and they just know how to use her. It's great. Exactly. And um, nowhere is this more apparent than, I'm just going to start off this plot point here because it comes a little bit later, but Steve comes in and says, uh, hey, I don't want Kimmy Gibbard to plan my wedding. That's not exactly what happens, but... Well, no, Kimmy comes in and says, can you believe it? Steve wants someone Japanese to plan his Japanese wedding in Japan instead of me, a white person who knows <laughs> nothing about Japan. No fucking way. I think she's also never been there, she said. Yeah. Yeah, she says, I've never been there. The only thing I know about Japan is that Godzilla attacks all the time. <laughs> Why doesn't he want me planning his racially sensitive wedding? Why doesn't he want me planning his Godzilla-themed wedding? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, imagine if Kimmy just jumped in, if if there wasn't this whole thing where I got to learn about Japan and make a Japanese themed wedding and she just planned him like a Godzilla and anime themed wedding. Oh, no. <laughs> Which would fucking rule, by the way. Oh, yeah. That would rule. Would rule. I'm just saying it might not be what CJ wants. Yeah. <laughs> Especially given that later we find out who her parentage is. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we we see more of that later. But first, we need to yeah. we need to see Steph getting her life coach. Steph being a mess is finally coming home to roost. It really is. And DJ suggests, "Hey Steph, maybe you need someone telling you what to do all the time, like I do." To you, 
So I'm going to suggest a life coach, and I think I have the perfect candidate in mind. Who is and it, And we're all Mark? going, who is DJ going to choose? Well, guys. Like, you know, someone smart, someone who's got their life together, someone, you know, really humble. You know, Fernando. Of course. <laughs> Sadly, it is not Fernando. I do think Fernando becoming a life coach would be a fantastic plot point for this show. That would show. be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Famous race car driver, Fernando Hernandez Guerrero, Fernandez Guerrero. <laughs> The man who lost his apartment because he forgot to pay rent, even though he has tons of money. (laughs) (laughs) Fernando is an enigma. He is simultaneously rich and broke, famous and a nobody. (laughs) Irresistible and yet a huge fucking dork. (laughs) Fernando is everything and nothing. Oh man. Fernando is the beginning and the end. <laughs> the Alpha and the Omega. I did remember the other thing, the one other thing I wanted to say about the Uber scene, which was they don't have a great button to that scene. It's basically DJ is sandwiched between two guys and says, like, wow, we're really getting to know each other. Yeah. And we were discussing it, and I think what should have happened is Jimmy should have entered and not recognized Stephanie. Yeah, that would have been yeah, great. I thought that happened this episode. Yeah, you you like really seem convinced, but it just didn't happen. Like I didn't realize it until we started recording. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that didn't happen. The weird thing is it sort of caused a Mandela effect because the more you said it, the more I started to think it did happen. I was like, I was convinced in my mind that like Jimmy enters the Uber and like tells Ilsa how he feels about Steph, not knowing that it's Steph. And like, maybe that happens in a future episode. And if it does, I'm just going to say right now, Zach was right. But Zach was probably wrong. (laughs) I I was I was prepared to like, I was like, okay, Zach, we'll see. I'll raise my arms because I'm just it's a if it doesn't happen ever in the show, I take it as a compliment to my pitch. Oh, yes. Yeah, I just I just want to say thank you because that means my pitch is either good enough or stupid enough <laughs> to happen in the show. Yes. <laughs> right, Steph needs a life coach because she finally got her first check for her hit song The Boy Next Door. She's rich now, guys. She's rich. She can quit Uber and she has $3.35 yeah. before taxes. <laughs> what? Like, I don't, I am not a Spotify artist extraordinaire, but 50,000 plays. Harrison, this playlist is on Spotify. <laughs> Do you mean podcast? No, wait, did I, wait, did I say this playlist? You said playlist. This podcast is on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? What do you mean by that? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, you idiot. You stupid idiot, Miss I'm stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. Mark speak good. <laughs> Zach speak bad. Whenever Ramona in episode, it good. <laughs> Zach no speak the good. <laughs> but yes, I know our our podcast is on Spotify, and we're not rich, but we also don't have fifty thousand plays. That's also true. Yeah, I feel like that would get you at least like. Douche tuber rights like flexing on your fans on YouTube. So share this podcast with your friends so we can get to fifty thousand plays. <laughs> fifty thousand plays should get you at least five dollars, right? <laughs> of course. Exactly. Oh, yeah. DJ already has a binder titled Fixing Steph. Mm-hmm. That she had worked on since high school, she admits. Yeah. Well, when she the minute the moment she brought it out, I was going. Okay, and how long have you had the binder? And the next yeah. line is, I've been working on it since high school. And I went, yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on, some IMDb trivia. If DJ really did start making the Fixing 70 book in high school, it wouldn't have been written by Donna Joe Fuller. It would have been written by Donna Joe Tanner because she wasn't married yet, you stupid. <laughs> this is so true. That's a good point. She could have printed a new title page. She's been working on it since high school. It wasn't done in high school. <laughs> and that's what that's what IMDb says. I'd love to see the earlier drafts of fixing Stephanie. <laughs> Find her a boyfriend from the wrestling team. Find her yeah. a boyfriend from the wrestling team. Parentheses, not Steve. <laughs> <laughs> 
get anorexia in one episode and then never bring it up again. Hey, it was a very special episode. It's been a long time since I've seen Full House. <laughs> but you know, Harrison, instead of these tips that you're suggesting, DJ decides, you know, we're going to go on a run early in the morning. <laughs> yes. And DJ, yeah, instead of giving helpful advice, DJ breaks Stephanie's ankle. <laughs> Which... You know, was written into the show because, as we said before, Jodie Sweetin actually broke her leg, and then they wrote it into the show. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. The rest of this plot was just superfluous to get us to broken ankle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that why she was in the Uber in the beginning, so they wouldn't have to show her feet? She's sitting in the car. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. Uh, that yeah. tracks. Uh, she's sitting, I think, throughout. Yeah, the whole episode. Yeah, you don't see her like. And it's at, it's at this point that I think we start to ask, doesn't it seem like DJ has bigger problems than Steph? Yeah, she was just off her yeah. rocker. She was just like, hello, want to go for a run? Want to go for a run? Stephanie's leg breaks after DJ decides to challenge her to a race. Yeah. Yep. Because she can't lose ever. She's she's never learned how to lose in grace. <laughs> that's That's a pretty big problem. I haven't lost my virginity because I don't lose. <laughs> for for those listening, Zach, after he said that wonderful zinger, I, I, I struck a pose for dramatic effect. He crossed his arms doing the peace sign. <laughs> for dramatic effect. Yes. It was a visual gag, but I felt like it wouldn't have felt complete to me if I didn't do like a pose at the end. Zach, you haven't lost your virginity because you have the power of God and anime on your side. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I do want to say it ties into larger things with DJ's character that frustrates me because the end of this episode, we find out that DJ isn't so perfect, but the end of the episode is Steph saying like, DJ, you're doing great and you need to take care of yourself and stop worrying about these things that give you such anxiety and just relax, which is true to a certain extent, but also like DJ has certain things going on that she needs to confront. Yeah. Like actual things in the plot that we've seen multiple times. <laughs> like The show never <laughs> wants DJ to confront those things. DJ always learns that she has to realize that DJ was all right all along rather than like, Maybe DJ has to learn how to lose. Maybe DJ has to learn yeah. that she has kind of a toxic mindset that's uh, hurting, literally hurting the people around her. Like, so at this point in the episode, DJ is so competitive that it has led to Steph breaking her ankle. But the episode ends with Steph comforting DJ and saying, no, DJ, you gotta... <laughs> I guess it is a sort of don't hold yourself to such a high standard thing. That is true. I I do like in the end that is is Steph who has to take care of DJ. That's her growth. That she <laughs> becomes the, the comforter. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. Steph <laughs> is no longer a mess. But also, it's like DJ kind of never learns anything. But anyways, while this is all going on, Max is having a totally amazing pool party. Hell with yeah! His girlfriend Rose listening to Junior. Jams, there are, kids there are four people there. There's Max, there's Rose, there's little Tommy, and there's Ramona as the lifeguard. Hey, don't forget the dog with sunglasses. Dog with sunglasses. This is, this is the second time in two episodes that Fuller House has put a dog in sunglasses. Well, the same dog. No, I, it's just I know. I'm, he's, Cosmo is a dog and he is in sunglasses. Zach, Zach, does it make it less weird that there's such a frequency of dog in sunglasses that it is the same dog? Now, I'm, I'm actually, no, 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 I'm actually asking this question. Would it be weirder if there were multiple dogs in multiple pairs of sunglasses? Or is it kind of strange that it's just, it's always, this dog just wears sunglasses now? I don't know, I think it'd be more strange if it was like, a different dog every no, time. No, I think you're right in that it'd be more strange if it's a different dog every time. I'm just saying they've pulled the visual of a dog in sunglasses. True, yeah. Literally in the last episode. Yeah, exactly. Two, two times in two episodes. We are two for two this season. 
with dogs and sunglasses. We're going to have to keep a tally of it. Yay! <laughs> dogs and sunglasses! Our new segment, Dogs and Sunglasses yep. Tally. <laughs> Our new segment, Is There a Dog in Sunglasses yeah. in this episode of Fuller House Working Title? <laughs> <laughs> working Title. Um, so... What's next? Well, next, they're having a, a cool pool party. It's a little underwhelming, um, except Max is really selling it, I think. Oh, also Ramona yeah. selling yes. it as their lifeguard. Um, but then, well, as we mentioned earlier, Tommy does a pee-pee. He does a pee-pee. He does, he does, he a does do a pee-pee. Yep. But then all of a sudden, fucking Taylor comes in. Who invited right. this guy? <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, that was, my first, that was my initial reaction. He just walks into the scene, and I'm like... Nobody invited you. I wrote down in my notes, Taylor shows up, period. Why? Question mark. How? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Why is he here? How did he know that they were having a pool party? It's his daily flex session. He shows up every day just to remind Max why he's better than him. He, yeah. I mean, he comes in, flexes at his family, just got a new above ground pool. And that he once dated Rose before this Max is the dated sauciest. Rose. Ooh, the drama is escalating between these eight-year-olds. That's perhaps the sauciest portion of the episode. Uh, Rose says to Max, "Everybody has a past," and <laughs> it turns into like Though a dramatic he isn't soap opera. It, you can tell that Max, in Max's eyes, that he's saying, "You harlot, <laughs> <laughs> you saucy little harlot." <laughs> I'm just imagining this scene. It just turns into a soap opera with a bunch of eight-year-olds. Yep. I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's a better spinoff than what we had earlier. Just a soap opera starring a bunch of eight-year-olds, but it's like the same as any other soap opera. Days of Our Lives, Junior. Yeah, Days of Our Lives, but it's Days of the Our only Lives Babies that is played by eight-year-olds. Like they, Muppet yes. Babies, but Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Taylor murders Max, and then he give he drugs. Rose, so she gets amnesia, and then he swoops in and starts dating her again. But then it turns out that Rose is his sister. Dun dun dun! <gasps> and Max, Gasp. Max isn't really dead. No, he faked his death <gasps> so he could take revenge on Taylor from the shadows. He fled to Argentina so he could bide his time and. And take his revenge. <laughs> in Argentina, biding his time with Fernando. <laughs> That's our spinoff. Max is living in Argentina. It, yeah, it's a soap opera, but it's a bunch of eight-year-old kids, and, and also, also Fernando, Fernando yep. is there. Also, yep. Fernando is there. Fernando yep. is the only adult in the show. Yep. Yes. Every other every yeah. other extra is uh, is a, is a child. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, it's really serious adult stuff played by children yes and then speaking of serious I'm, I'm, stuff, oh, I, I do just want to say because i'm thinking about it the stakes and goal of this plot line are very vague because taylor just kind of goes like well i have an above ground pool and rose you're welcome to come anytime you want but then rose isn't interested rose <laughs> she isn't doesn't into care taylor. she's with max like, what's he going to do? Like, continue to have an above-ground pool and not impress Rose with it? Continue to have an above-ground pool and not impress Rose with it? I, and looking through my notes, there is just a very small detail that crops up right around this scene that I do want to mention, which is that Fernando, seeing that Steph has a cast, goes to sign her <laughs> cast, okay. and he starts signing his full name, Fernando... Fernandez Guerrero, Fernandez Guerrero. Until he eventually gets cut off. Yeah, and then and then this scene happens. Then we come back and Steph is using whiteout to scrub Fernando's name from her cast. <laughs> she, yes. she couldn't even accept Fernando's name on her cast. She has to scrub it out. And then on cue, Steve comes in and is like, what the hell happened here? And uh, Steph's like, I broke my ankle. You can't sign the cast, though. <laughs> Steve takes it in stride because deep down he really wanted to sign that cast. Yeah, which which <laughs> makes me wonder, do you think it is she doesn't want Fernando's name on her cast or is she just anti-cast signing? Both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they got, I think... I don't know, I think the first one kind of goes hand in hand with the second one. Yeah, yeah, but I could see it that, like, Steph is okay with people signing her cast, but it's like, not Kimmy Gibbler's weird husband who's moving out. 
I mean, I don't know. It feels like it's one of those things where it's like all squares are, are squares or rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Where it's like, if she does, if she doesn't want anyone signing her cast, then she doesn't want Fernando. But if she want, if yeah. she doesn't want Fernando to sign, it doesn't mean she doesn't want anybody. But she no, does no, say she I know that's that's what I'm saying. I was asking, do you think she's fine in general with cast with people okay. signing her cast? Yeah. But Fernando specifically, like, get out of here! I don't want you, Fernando. You're weird. What if it's a well, if I let Steve sign it, then everyone gets to sign it. And that means Fernando will sign it. And we can't have Fernando sign it. So, no, no cast signing. But Fernando already signed it. And she's blotting it out. She can't have that. She has. She can't have him signing it again. So is it now she'd like she would be OK with people signing her cast, but she's already scrubbed Fernando's name from the cast. And now if Steve signs it and Fernando sees that Steve signed her cast, but Fernando's name is gone, he'll know what happened. Exactly. Yeah, she specifically didn't want Fernando and she doesn't want to hurt. She both doesn't want him signing her cast, but also doesn't want to hurt his feelings. We're going very deep into the mind of Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie Tanner today. These are the questions this show raises. It's not my fault that I'm picking up on them. Exactly. So anyway, Steve is there. For oh yeah, this is where we get the, the most racist part of this episode. He, he, get, he gets he gets a text saying, "Enter the dragon if you dare." Signed, Kimi-san. And oh, at God. this point, we know we're in for some racial sensitivity. Enter the dra- is that like a Enter the Dragon reference? That's a that's a Hong Kong film. Okay, <laughs> so <Yeah>. so we have <laughs> Japan is on the chop chopping block today. For Fuller House tackles race. (laughs) It's so funny because compared to what comes later, it feels so tame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't gotten to the Japan episode yet. Um, But. Oh, yeah. If you think this is bad, it's going to get so much worse. (laughs) To be fair, though, this is pretty bad. Yeah, this is really bad. So we start with Ramona. Best, best character in the episode, coming in as the assistant uh, kimono-wearing assistant. Um, and she shines a light on Kimmy, who... Uh, I mean, I expected her to dress up as an e-girl, but thank God. Uh, it's not kawaii, it's just another kimono. <laughs> and then she lets down the banner. Mount Fiji, food, uh, is it Fuji or Fuji? Mount Fiji. <laughs> Mount Fiji. <laughs> she lets down the banner of Mount Fuji, followed by, oh God, it's just coming out. The banner of Gibbler style party planning, wearing the karate kid headband, I think, or something like it. <laughs> and the audience cheers, though it is not warranted. Nope. Uh, then Kimmy falls down a flight of stairs. <laughs> Her stunt double did great. <laughs> yes. It's Kimmy falls down a flight of stairs. It cuts away. It cuts <laughs> to a shot, not of Kimmy on the floor, but just of the wall. And Kimmy pops up going, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is just shocked. They have a suitable reaction. Yeah. Well, my favorite part of this is Steph does say, how come she can fall down the stairs and be fine, but I trip and break my ankle? And it's because Steph is a mess. You'd think you need a show to have consistent physics and physical expe- expectations for their characters. But what's revolutionary about Fuller House is that each character in and of themselves has different physical expectations. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I also just love how throughout the entirety of this scene, everyone, like, is in shock. And, like, Kimmy just keeps going to different things. And everyone's like, no, are we just not going to talk about how you fell down the stairs yeah. and are completely fine? Exactly. My, my favorite was Ramona. Um, just, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah, just Ramona. thinking about your fall. How did that happen? That was great. How are you okay? <laughs> She's late with a musical cue and Kimmy's like, come on, go on. And Ramona says, I'm just thinking about your fall. Like. you're my mother i'm worried (laughs) by the way i think given that we're learning that every character has different physics surrounding them i'm pretty sure you could shoot fernando and he'd be okay (laughs) yes (laughs) i imagine fernando's kind of no i I, honestly i'd say kind of like the other way around i'd say fernando's kind of like the black knight from monty python and the holy grail yes my theory for kimmy is that she just does not have enough brain cells anymore so like 
She can take all the head damage she wants. And uh, Kimmy does not have any brain cells, and also her bones are made of jelly. Yes. <laughs> but Fernando is like full wily e. coyote Looney Tunes. You could drop an anvil on his head, and it'll like be become flattened and waddle around a bit. But you'll just be fine. <laughs> Maybe somewhere in between that, Ramona is the Black Knight. You just kill her over and over again, and she's just yeah. like, "Nope, just a flesh oh, oh, wound." Oh no 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 no. J Money is yes! the Black Knight. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. Yes, you thought of it right before I did. <laughs> oh yeah. No, this is it's all coming together. I think I think that's the scale. I bet I bet Steph has I think the most normal physics. <laughs> that's her sadness. Steph, if she trips, will break her ankle. Oh, uh, yes. Fernando is the most Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, on a scale of Steph to Fernando. <laughs> on a scale from Steph to Fernando, how's your pain tolerance? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, uh, tweet, tweet at Fullest House Pod. On a scale of Steph to Fernando, what's your pain tolerance? <laughs> <laughs> we want to know. I'm a solid Steve. <laughs> I think oh, I, I think I'm maybe a Matt. He took some abuse in that episode with Crystal. Oh, Tyler points out that we did miss out on something big, which is uh, though we engage in a bunch of stereotypes in Japanese imagery, we do not see Fernando as a geisha. That is which is a bit unfortunate. Yeah, that that would have been great, but we can't have nice things because we Fernando have- is moving out. We can't exactly. <laughs> Fernando's moving out, and I'm sure it's gonna be forever. <laughs> He'll be living next door. <laughs> so, so Kimmy does like her whole spiel. She has like the drum going. She has wraps up Steve and DJ, who's playing the role of CJ in like a little cloth as cherry blossoms fall on them, which is just. Ramona, Ramona dumping a, ba- a basket dumping of cherry a, yeah, blossoms. Yeah, a bag of cherry that blossoms. That was my favorite them. part of this. That was so good. Oh, it was great. It was so good. And then uh, they go to the other room, and there's just a full-on hibachi table, and they just start doing hibachi oh things. Which, at this point, I start to feel bad for making fun of it, because Andrea Barber definitely had to learn some hibachi stuff. Yeah, and, like, and it looks really good. It looks good. There <laughs> yeah. are definitely the more intricate work. There are close up of a pair of hands. So yeah, obviously doing it. Not so, a real so chef to do that. Real but. chef. But all. But there are shots where Andrea Barber is doing stuff, and yeah. like kudos. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, the scene. It looks good. The scene does go on a little too long. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But you know, she throws a shrimp into Steve's mouth. He's like, oh. It's really hot, but it's also very good. You're hired. And then you're, I'm not even hired gonna, for my wedding. I'm not, I'm not going to consult my wife. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to consult CJ at all. And then Kimmy throws a shrimp into Stephanie's mouth, who then <laughs> says, oh, I'm allergic to shrimp, but this is good. And then Mark immediately went, do you want to see yeah, what I you did? Let's get Steph to the <laughs> hospital. <laughs> <laughs> again because she just broke her ankle. again Steph is the very bottom of the pain tolerance yeah. <laughs> tier list of the house there are a lot of hospital visits for Steph in this episode oh no <laughs> let's go to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I believe we just have the ending scene where we cut back to Max's pool party and he's got a water slide now an inflatable water slide and it's like so cool, so much better than anything Taylor has. Yep. That stupid kid. Rose does the perfect yeah. advertising commercial where she says, "This is way better than an outdoor pool." And then Max slips her five dollars. Uh, that doesn't actually happen, but it should have. <laughs> it's very subtle. You got to look out for yeah, that. And then Rose goes up to Taylor, kicks him in the balls, and says, "I don't love you. I've never loved you." Oh my god! <laughs> You're a sad sad little man and you should be ashamed and then everyone stood up and clapped yes. it, it, it didn't quite happen that way but that was kind of like the vibe of the scene yeah 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 oh yeah and uh then fernando comes in and it's like oh, the day has finally come i must bid you farewell as i am leaving i know you all must be so sad 
but it's time for me to he go. He leaves a so-so fondue, a fair fondue, in a the fridge. Fondue. Yep. <laughs> and then he realizes, wait a minute, my house is being dusted for termites right now, so I guess I'm moving back <laughs> in. Oh, <laughs> isn't that funny? <laughs> hooray, Fernando. It should have <laughs> ended with Fernando like, saying, hooray, and freeze-framing. <laughs> <laughs> but instead he gets ganged up on by a bunch of kids yeah. with water guns. My, my worst enemy, children. <laughs> <laughs> there is, we did uh, talk about it a little bit, but there is a scene of, to finish the Steph DJ plot, where DJ admits to Steph, where Steph says, right. you know, how am I supposed to be like you? You're perfect. And DJ admits, I'm not so perfect. I have my vices. I have this hidden cachet of Oreos underneath my vegetables. Beneath my self-help books, which, by the way, I, I feel like self-help books are not the first thing I'd peg someone who's super together as having. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not that not that they can't help, but it's just like, I don't think that's the opposite of what she has behind them, which are trashy romance novels, mm-hmm. um, including uh, Barefoot with a Bad Boy. <laughs> Ooh, saucy. Guys, I think she wants to be a little bit barefoot with a bad boy. Yeah, like Steve. A little bit of a bad a little boy. Bit of a bla- bad boy. Look out for our novel, Barefoot with a Sad Boy. Oh, Coming we should do that. To a theater near you. When we get, when we, if we set up a Patreon and get $4 million, we'll, yeah. we'll write Barefoot with a Bad Boy. <laughs> yeah, she, she has her vices. She eats Oreos. She reads trashy romance novels. She schedules five minutes to be alone and cry in her room every Friday. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of these things is not like the others. Nope. <laughs> However, even her crying is scheduled, which shows that she has optimized her life. Yeah. And it ends with Steph, and you know, Steph says, "DJ, you're putting too much pressure on yourself." You, you know, DJ admits she has all this stress from trying to be the perfect mother and taking care of the animals at the vet clinic and starting this relationship, and it can get overwhelming. And Steph says, "You." can't put that pressure on yourself you're doing great and we're here for you and you don't need to feel sad like that but also i feel like they should have spent more time on the fact that every friday like clockwork dj just cries for five minutes straight. oh my god yeah that's yeah that's, um, she has scheduled mental breakdowns it's just built up <laughs> she just lets it out i'm just kind of imagining like dj's just going about her normal day like an alarm goes off on her phone she looks down and she goes Oh, it's that time already. I'll be right back. <laughs> and just, you can hear in the other room very muffled crying. Oh, no. And I, I get it. I've been having, I'm I'm good now, but I've been having a very rough time. Mm. Sometimes you just need to let out some emotion. Yeah. But it being so regular and so regimented feels alarming. Mm. Yeah, you can't schedule your mental breakdowns. <laughs> I, th- I think letting out emotion is good. I think it's a good thing that she's allowing herself to feel in some capacity, but it is kind of a moment where you're like, okay, wow, she has double stuff Oreos. Ha ha, trashy romance novels. Oh, legitimate emotional breakdowns. Fun. And as someone who has read some self-help books, yeah, you don't, I wouldn't exactly hide the romance novels under them. Like, they're, you don't be ashamed of them, but like... What? Okay. I just, I feel like in the dichotomy between trashy romance novels, which by the way, no one should feel any shame for reading. Yeah. Read what you yeah, read. Exactly. But I feel like, you know, it's like, oh, it's it's high literature and then it's trashy romance novels versus self-help books and trashy romance novels. Both things that are associated with uh, silly stereotypes of middle-aged women for exactly. some reason. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite touch to all of this is Kimmy comes in and says, hey, where are DJ's hidden stash of double stuff Oreos? <laughs> so you, just, you know about these? It's like, yeah, I, I eat them while I read Barefoot with a Bad Boy. I found them when you spe- <laughs> during your Friday, <laughs> during your Friday, Friday crying, crying sessions. sessions. <laughs> Kimmy knows all of DJ's secrets and it's wonderful. Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, 
Uh, is it? I think it's that time of the episode. I think, I think it think is. So. Do you, I? We were talking about you know some real sadness. <laughs> it's time for sad boy of the week. <laughs> sad boy. Tyler, put some like air horns in there as well. While I'm holding out sad boy of the week. Thank you. I was I was setting you up for a transition. With, uh, well, with, no, no, you took it. Uh, with, oh, okay. with, you didn't say speaking of sadness, but you took it with sad yeah. boy of the week. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But uh, let's see. Let's see. I think we've got a couple contenders. I mean, I think I have a couple in mind. I have a pretty strong contender in mind. Maybe a cup. Maybe two contenders. Yeah, I think I know who I'm probably voting for, but I have at least one. I, I have like a couple more. I'm really interested well. in what you have to say, because in my mind, there's only one contender. <laughs> I think there's one contender and one like, I think you could make a case, but I don't think they. Oh, it. I see what you're yeah, going like, to say. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I have just, like one yeah. person where I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm voting for this person. And then a couple where I'm like, I feel like they should at least be acknowledged. We, we should say our nominees. I'm nominating Stephanie and Fernando. Yes, that was who I was thinking. Oh, I hadn't even thought of Fernando. I was thinking, I thought you were going to nominate DJ. I was I was thinking DJ as like a bit of a nomination, but probably not going to vote for her. DJ's kind of like a stealth nominee. Yeah. Yeah. She is in many ways sadder than Steph, but it's not funny. Yeah. Is that it? It's just again, not as entertaining. Sadness, sadness doesn't mean literal sadness in this context. It means yeah. patheticness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and baby Stephanie has that in spades. Well, there's a there's a distinct correlation in Fuller House between good character and complete mess of a human being. Yeah. I guess DJ is a little bit of a mess in this episode, just like she she can't even win. She can't even lose a foot race against the yeah. woman she's trying to like bump up in life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's get into right, this. Mark, let's go. let's go. Let's go. I'll take it one by one. We got our three nominees. We got our three nominees. Should I start with Steph? Yes. Go for it. Stephanie picks up DJ as an Uber driver, pretends not to be her sister, even though she is very obviously her sister and is driving her car we find out also did try to uber under her own name but got such bad reviews that she had to start a new account <laughs> uh she gets her check for her hit song and only makes three dollars even though it's very popular <laughs> yep she is bullied by her sister into letting her sister be her life coach um, immediately breaks her ankle <laughs> and is then forgotten by everybody else because there's other shenanigans going on. She's fed a piece of shrimp even though she's allergic. <laughs> now the hospital. Did you mention that uh, she also has the weakest bone structure out of the entire cast? <laughs> she definitely has the weakest bone structure out of the entire cast. She breaks her ankle while Kimmy can tumble down the stairs and be just fine. She also ends up having to comfort her own life coach. And that's a special brand of sadness we yeah. don't often appreciate. <laughs> exactly. After being force-fed a kale smoothie by her life coach, she has to comfort her life coach, who broke her ankle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I think that's Steph. I think that's, that's Steph. That's Steph, yeah. Uh, do you want me to do Fernando or DJ? Either one. Go ahead. I'm just going to say Fernando yeah, just to say somebody. Let's do Fernando. Let's do Fernando. Fernando is moving out of the house and cares deeply about that. And no one else cares. <laughs> <laughs> he, he signs Stephanie's cast only to be <laughs> cut off midway through signing his very long name. And then white it out. <laughs> and then white it out. He, he leaves them a, a Bad fondue, a fair fondue, sorry, and leaves dramatically while insisting he's not going to be dramatic. And then just immediately turns around because he went through all this turmoil, but he forgot that he doesn't, his house is being fumigated. He doesn't have to move. He out he's yet. not leaving he's, yet. <laughs> he, in fact, shouldn't move out yet. He's not leaving yet. <laughs> then there's DJ. Uh, DJ. Who, who annoys, um, Freddie, the street smoothie person, bullies her sister into letting her be her life coach. 
she cannot for the life of her allow herself to lose a game so she ends up causing her sister to break her ankle she's forced to endure a not so racially sensitive japanese wedding ploy then she she finally she admits to her her vices her oreos her her romance her novels with romance novels and her crying sessions and i think i think that's all i can really think of for dj yeah all right uh so i'll start off who who wants to go first who wants to vote i'll i'll vote i think a part of me running through it thinks fernando was funnier but I think this is Steph's episode. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I do too. This yeah, is Steph's yeah. Episode. No, I definitely think this is a Steph and like episode. The Uber stuff alone, I think. Yeah, I think we kind of realized that the opening scene alone, we were like, "Oh, is this a is this a Steph's a mess episode? Is Steph gonna yeah. win Sad Boy of the Week?" Yeah, for the first and, uh, time yeah, in a while. Yeah, that's exactly Jeez. how this shit's going down. First time in a while. Steph yeah. driving an Uber under an assumed name breaking her ankle and then eating shrimp, which she is allergic to. I think that's enough to do it for me. Yeah. 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 She, she, she has it in the bag. Yeah. I think this is definitely a top episode. We're definitely all unanimous in our decision here. This moves step up to a tie for second place in our overall standings. Who she tied with. So congratulations, Stephanie tied with, uh, the one and only Dr. Steve Hale. Yeah. All right. On this rewatch, apparently Steph is much sadder than we originally yeah, thought. Yeah, she's she much sadder than we had originally anticipated. Yeah. Which, you know, we love it when a new sad boy emerges. There's yeah. also an interesting thing in that she was originally, or she's still kind of positioned as the Uncle Jesse, kind of the cool one of the parents. Yeah. But she also, like Jay Money, who was positioned as a bit of a bad boy. Has <laughs> become sad. <laughs> has transitioned into a bit sad of a sad boy. boy. Yeah. Wait, so when we inevitably watch the prequel, Full House, mm-hmm. will Uncle Jesse end up being a sad boy? Like, are we remembering the show all wrong? Was Uncle Jesse ever the cool one? <laughs> I guess you'll have to watch and find out. I'm very curious. Get that? See? Get that? You see that? That's that's called a hook. You gotta hook him in for the prequel series that we're doing at some point, probably. Probably. No promises, but probably. Yeah, what he said. Well... I think that's our episode. I think so. Right. I don't have anything else. You guys yeah, are I'm done. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on social media. We are Fullest House Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and it'd be a real, real gift to us, real help out if you follow us and recommend us to people. And just keep listening and being you. We love you. I start to kind of fade out mentally by the when I, by the time I'm doing the outro. No, that's good. We love you but all. But we love you. If you made it this far, uh, comment on... Leave a comment. Let us know. Let us know what Let you us think. Know. Leave a comment. Tweet at us. Comment on just something. You could be anything. Um, yeah, be... We love you guys if you're listening. And even if you're not, we don't discriminate. Though we do prefer it if you listen than if you don't. <laughs> we definitely prefer it if you listen, yeah. Anyway, I'm Mark Green. I'm Harrison Bloom. And I'm Zach Horowitz. And until next time, may your houses be fuller. And may your moves be temporary because they are tenting your home for termites. Mm-hmm.